Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Monday, August 7th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, have you have you seen any good memes lately? Uh, any any anything happen over the weekend that was uh, was viral or, or meme worthy from uh, the uh, from the the Guardians and White Sox series? <laughs> Down goes Anderson. Down goes Anderson. That's the thing that. <laughs> That's sticking in my well, mind, Joe. The the most the most Cleveland thing is that there was a guy wearing a T-shirt the next day. That, that was said, the Down best. Down goes Anderson. That uh, was the best. If uh, if you've been under a rock since uh, Saturday night uh, and and haven't uh, seen what went down uh, between the White Sox and Guardians, there was a 14 minute brawl uh, sparked when Jose Ramirez slid into second base, got tagged hard on the head by Tim Anderson, who then stood over Ramirez. Ramirez gets up, points a finger in his face, and the two squared off like uh, Joe Lewis and uh, went uh, went a r- very quick round with uh, Anderson throwing the first punch, but Jose throwing the best punch. Uh, he, he clubbed Anderson in the side of the head, knocked him out cold on his, uh, on his backside, uh, and then the bench is emptied, and... Uh, the, the whole scene carried on. Uh, I think uh, just just watching it. Uh, ho- what was your reaction in the press box when you saw uh, Tim Anderson step to Jose Ramirez? It was, uh, you know, Joe, I mean, after Jose hits the double, I've got my head down, you know, marking my the double in my scorebook. I look up and all I see is like uh, Anderson kind of flying flying through the air and landing on his rear end. And, I, you know, I, I missed the uh, the initial, you know, the, the, the fight because, you know, and then it was just like both teams were on the field. You couldn't see anything. And it was just like a mass, you know, mm-hmm. of bodies, like, and it wouldn't stop, you know. Like you said, 14 minutes, there was like three rounds to it, you know, Anderson and and uh, Ramirez first, then uh, then uh, Fr- uh, Francona and in a White Sox manner, Pedro Grifal, and then uh, Mike Starbog jumps into the middle of a sea of black jerseys, the White Sox jerseys, and takes on the whole team. It was it was crazy, and you know the the umpires. I, I don't think they can. You can't control like you know fifty people on the field, or you know you you just kind of have to sit back and let it calm down. I th- I guess. Yeah, and and that was uh, Malachi Moore who was at second base. Uh, and we'll get into Malachi Moore here in a a little bit more in a bit. 
but uh, he he sort of he he tried to get between Anderson and Ramirez to start, and then he just sort of backed away and bailed. You can see in the video uh, <laughs> because he he knew what was coming. It was a pretty smart move uh, there. Uh, let's go back before all of this, and and this is this beef with Tim Anderson and the situation uh, really sort of flared up on Friday night in Friday's game when Brian Rocchio on a similar play slid into second base and uh, he was initially ruled safe by Malachi Moore, who was, was coming over from his third base umpiring position. Uh, and they saw um, his hand was safe on the bag, uh, but Tim Anderson put the tag on and actually intentionally moved uh, Rocchio's hand off the bag. Uh, the the play was challenged by Pedro Grafal. It went to replay and replay's hands were tied. They they had to rule because Moore hadn't called the play dead because of what Anderson did and with his intentional act. Uh, they had to rule that Rocchio's hand came off the bag. He was tagged and they called him out. Uh, kind of seen, I don't know necessarily as a dirty play, but sort of not in the spirit of the rules. And uh, Terry Francona winds up getting ejected from that game because Malachi Moore basically screwed up the call. He didn't go a step farther and call the play dead so that it couldn't be reviewed. Uh, and and that sort of carried over. And when uh, I think when Jose felt Tim Anderson standing over him after after tagging him hard on the head there, uh, he didn't want to see the same sort of thing happen. The two of them got up and, and started, uh, you know, jawing back and forth. But uh, you asked uh, Gabriel Arias after the game yesterday, uh, you know, about the beef that, that went back to, to last week's series as well. Yeah, because the whole thing Saturday night, uh, you know, Francona was saying that you could feel it building a little bit because Anderson and, and Arias were chirping at each other the whole game. You know, Arias was playing first base. Anderson was yelling at him from the dugout. Finally, one of the umpires told them both to knock it off. But I think that kind of stirred the pot. And like you said, Joe, we had, we had this was the first time we had to a chance to talk to Arias since Saturday Saturday's fight was after Sunday's game. And he said it all went back to the series at the end of July at guaranteed rate field where Anderson was just giving him a hard time, was giving Arias a hard time, was, was I guess, needling him, I guess. But it sounded like it was more than that, Joe. So, yeah, it, this goes back to Tim Anderson playing sort of the role of a bully. And, and what bullies are really good at doing is making things personal and taking what you're the most self-conscious about and using it as a weapon against you. And I think that's sort of what Anderson did with Arias back in Chicago, and it carried over to the series here in Cleveland. Uh, you know, there whatever uh, a physical feature or, uh, you know, uh, an, a, the, the fact that he's a rookie, uh, you know, if Anderson's going to sit there and say, you know, hey, your ears stick out too far or you're you're you know, I don't like the way your hair's cut or something like that. That that's really what Anderson was doing in Chicago. And with Arias playing first base here in Cleveland in that game on Saturday, he was that much closer to Anderson in the dugout. What Arias didn't like was that he wouldn't do it to his face. He was doing it from the dugout, you know, where he couldn't see him. He didn't face up to him. And a lot of what Arias and, and Jose Ramirez echoed uh, in their, their comments was that, that Anderson disrespects the game and, and doesn't, you know, play the game the right way and, you know, take sort of those things. And, and you could see that in the way his, his teammates are kind of uh, exasperated with 
with him as well in, in that whole regard. So, uh, you know, having to drag him away from that f- uh, fight three to three separate times, I think, uh, was, was an indication. Uh, I just, I think Anderson takes things a little too far. This is not the first time uh, he will be suspended for something by, by Major League Baseball. It goes back to 2019 with the, the bat flip incident where he, he started a brawl with Kansas City. Uh, even in t- uh, last season, he uh, he got a game for making an obscene gesture to, to fans in Cleveland. So he's a repeat offender. He's sort of that 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 spark, that that guy that sort of needles, like you said. Uh, this is uh, this is not the first time uh, that they've seen something like this. And, you know, it is the first time Jose's been uh, in a fight. It is the first time Jose's been ejected. So maybe that works in his favor uh, when the suspensions are handed out. But. Make no mistake, uh, uh, both of these guys are, are going to see, uh, you know, time away from the field. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it certainly it hurts Cleveland a lot more than it hurts the White Sox. The White Sox are out of it. Cleveland is trying to hang in this race by its fingernails right now. And to lose Ramirez for any length of time, hopefully, you know, it's not a lengthy suspension. I don't think it will be. But, uh, you know, their offense is like, uh, you know, is a, like it's a it's a cloud of dust right now. It's nothing. And it's, if you take Ramirez out of there with, you know, Josh Naylor on the I.L. and with the trades they made at the deadline, this is a this is a this is a dead man walking offense. Yeah. Since uh, since the trade deadline uh, and once Ramirez is suspended, you're looking at the two, three, four and five hitters all uh, all just completely gutted from that. Uh, that lineup uh, and moving forward and you're replacing them mostly with rookies uh, at this point. Uh, all right. Uh, how much of a suspension are we expecting for each of the uh, guardians players that was ejected or players or coaches that was ejected from the game? Uh, we're talking four here. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Frank Kona and uh, Mike Sarbaugh probably get a game do two games each. I think, uh, you know, Class A, you know, I'm, I'm not still not sure what Class A, I think he's going to, you know, he kept it, he was so violent in his intentions of getting into the fight, but he never got into the fight. So, you know, I, I think he might be just get fined, but he could get suspended too just for, you know, violent action. And I think Jose got, probably gets, you know, two to four, maybe something like that, two, two to five, each of those guys, Anderson and Jose, maybe, maybe Anderson gets a little more, but uh, we'll see. And everybody's going to get fined. There's going to be fines all over the place as well. What do you think would be an excessive number of games for Jose? I can see two, but can you see, you know, four? Do you think five is excessive? Uh, where do you think the, 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 the bar is at, at the top in terms of, how many games for Jose? Well, I think, you know, from what I was reading last night, the, the biggest suspension for one guy for a fight was 10 games. So I think you got to work backwards from there. So I would think, you know, five games is probably excessive for, for Ramirez. Yeah, I think anything, you know, above three games, I think would be uh, would be cause for concern or, or outrage and uh, certainly uh, a reason to appeal any sort of suspension and see if you can get any of that knocked down. I mean, that's almost an automatic from, you know, at this point that they will would appeal any suspension. Yeah, I, I can guarantee you Tim Anderson's going to appeal whatever suspension uh, he's got because he's already been on uh, Twitter and, you know, posting his thoughts about how they're after him. They're out to get him and everybody's, you know, uh, got problems and actually making some pretty strangely veiled uh, threats in the direction of Jose Ramirez, uh, you know, regarding all of this. 
Uh, it should be interesting. I think the next time uh, the two could be on the field at the same time might be in um, uh, spring training. March 8th, I think, is when the uh, the Guardians and the White Sox are scheduled to meet uh, in, in uh, Cactus League action. So, uh, you know, we've got a little ways to wait. Uh, this is if the if the White Sox don't trade or get rid of Tim Anderson at some point in the offseason, that's uh, that's still on schedule. Uh, but this could be a, a, a recurring villain theme for the uh, the Guardians for, for the next couple of years. Yeah, the social media thing is not going to go over real big with MLB. That might play a part in, in a suspension, any kind of suspension Anderson gets as well. I, I do think, though, you know, all the memes that we've seen since then with the, you know, Hammy's call of uh, down goes Anderson. <laughs> First of all, we got to hang that one in the Hall of Fame. That's uh that's a Hall of Fame broadcast call you know, for, for Tom Hamilton. <laughs> yeah. But, when Hammy goes in the, into Cooperstown, you got to play that. He's yeah, got to be, he's got to have. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. That's on the highlight reel. But, uh, you know, we see uh, a couple of years back, Jose did a, a promo for a, a fight for the, there's a boxer named Jose Ramirez and, and Jose was wearing boxing gloves, and somebody dug that uh, photo out. And uh, I've seen all the, the the video game memes and everything that's uh, that's been out there. It's it's been you know fun to watch. Obviously, uh, you know fighting is a serious thing, and you know whatever. But you, if you take it a, a little bit lightly, uh, the the Guardians players were having some fun with it in the clubhouse yesterday. So uh, it's it's interesting, but. You could tell sure. right now with these with these uh, these coaching staffs and the managers that you could tell that the two clubs do not like each other right now. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, Cleveland goes five and eight against the White Sox. The season series is over. Uh, like you said, they won't meet again until spring training. And uh, yeah, that's what uh, stood out to uh, Noah Syndergaard. You know, he joined the team right after, you know, in late July, right during the deadline, trade deadline, in the run-up to the deadline. He joined them in Chicago, and he said the first thing I noticed is that these two teams do not like each other, and that's not going to end in in any. Uh, that's not, and that's going to go on for a while as well. So you know, there's some bad blood there, you know, and there should be some. You know, I mean, it's good to have some some division rivalries, but you don't want, you know, a, a Pier 6 brawl breaking up every game. No, that's de- definitely not. Uh, how uh, We've covered how much of a suspension and, and whatever we think, but, you know, if if Ramirez is suspended for any length of time, who plays third? And if Class A misses games, who closes games? Uh, who steps in? Uh, because we saw the result of what happens when you put Brian Rocchio at third base and, and have him need to make a play to uh, to win a game for you. Yeah, I think uh, we were talking before the podcast, Joe. You you brought up a good point. Probably Arias goes in, into a third base, and you put a Rocchio his nat- at short, his natural position, you know. And then uh, you know, I, with Class A, you know, I think uh, you know Trevor Steffen probably gets gets a shot to close if Class A, you know, gets uh, gets suspended. Yeah, if not Angel De Los Santos as well. Uh, he came yeah. in and had a a nice outing yesterday as well. Um, and, and maybe even David Fry, if uh, if he's, he's feeling better, because one of the uh, things that we were surprised to hear uh, from Tito was that David Fry wasn't available yesterday uh, in the ninth inning to, to go in uh, as a defensive replacement for Cole Calhoun uh, at first base. And, you know, maybe maybe one of those plays gets made if, if Fry is out there. Uh, he had made a, a stretch to, to pick a, a, a double play ball from uh Andres Jimenez on Friday night and and hadn't been feeling uh, really good with his hamstring since then so 
uh, you know, possibly David Fry if he's able to get things, you know, worked out with his hamstring. Yeah, and, you know, props to a Cole Calhoun, too. You know, he stood there, waited for the reporters to talk to him last, yesterday. This guy, like, as you pointed out, Joe, in your story, he, this, he was playing his, making his first start at first base in almost 10 years and, uh, you know, made, had, couldn't dig two balls out of the dirt in the ninth inning. It cost him a game, but, you know, he certainly, uh, you know, he could have, exited stage right as soon as the game ended but he stood there and talked to us you know set put put you know took the blame so you know veteran guy uh, doing what veterans are supposed to do uh one in four since the trade deadline nine and 12 since the all-star game uh, all-star break uh the twins have won five in a row is the division quickly uh running away from the guardians and this is the stretch that we had talked about where you know, the Twins schedule it gets a little easier and the Guardians schedule gets a little harder. Yeah. And we knew one of these teams was going to go one way and one of these teams was going to go the other way. You know, they've been chasing each other all season and uh, we're starting to see some separation here, Joe. And if uh, if the Guardians don't tap the brakes right now, uh, you know, they're they're You know, they could they could end up in third place before this season is over. All right. I want to remind our listeners, uh, subtext is the best way to to get the up to the minute information, uh, the latest on the Guardians uh, sent directly to your phone. Uh, you don't have to go on Twitter. You don't have to go on social media. You just uh, get direct text messages from Hoynesy and myself uh, sent to your phone. 216-208-4346 is the number uh, to send. Subscribe as a text message to. We'll, uh, we'll hook you up for, for $3.99 a month. Uh, you, you get subscribed to everything that Hoinsey and, and myself are, are seeing behind the scenes at uh, at the ballpark in the clubhouse. Um, There's a, a really neat interaction yesterday between uh, uh, Tristan McKenzie and Jose Ramirez. McKenzie over by the uh, the stereo in the clubhouse. He, he turned to Ramirez and said, "Hey, Mike Tyson, what do you want to hear?" And uh, as soon as I heard that, I uh, I subtexted it out to. Uh, our, our subscribers, they were the first ones to find out, uh, you know, just sort of that little glimpse behind the scenes. Uh, you can also log on to cleveland.com slash subtext uh, to subscribe, and we'd uh, love to hear from you there. Uh, Hoinsey, the, um, the question I want to ask you and, and a question that, that you sort of, you know, posited uh, earlier, uh, did the trade deadline, did the moves that the, the Guardians made at the trade deadline take the heart out of this team? Uh, not just you know, Aaron Savali being the hottest pitcher or Josh Bell being the, the disappointment that uh, you had, you had signed uh, to try and add some power. But but Ahmed Rosario is is now playing in L.A. He's hitting home runs in L.A. like he did uh, yesterday. Uh, what um, what do you think about just the heart and soul of this team and, and you know, what the, the front office did at the trade deadline? You know, I think, uh, Joe, I think, uh, you know, whatever they wanted to do, Whatever they were trying to do, and I'm talking about the front office here, so far it's gone in reverse. I mean, that's why, uh, you know, Antonetti and Chernoff, you know, flute made that emergency flight down to uh, Houston on the last day of a seven-game road trip to uh, kind of quell the waters and, and talk to people and get things sorted out. But, Joe, I mean, this lineup, you look at it right now and, you know, there's – I mean, it, this is, this is a, you know, they're in, they're in trouble. I mean, they're, they, this is a, you know, this is not the the lineup, you know, I think uh, Francona signed on for. This is not the lineup, you know, really anybody envisioned, you know, with Josh Bell gone, with uh, Rosario gone, 
with uh, you know uh, with Naylor on the IL, uh, Jose facing a suspension. I mean, what what could go wrong has gone wrong, and I think they've miscalculated, uh, you know, w- with the moves they made and what the impact of those moves would have on this uh, on this uh, on this season and the one loss record. Yeah, for a team that was uh, was so into contact and putting the ball in play last year, uh, this is a team that that has swung and missed uh, from the front office perspective uh, on a lot uh, so far in in 2023. I think uh, it's pretty easy to to see and pretty obvious. So uh, it'll be, be be interesting in these these last couple of months here of of the season to to see what direction uh, this this young club goes. They're starting you know, four or five rookies a night and you, <laughs> you're going to have to live with uh, mistakes like Rokio made if that's the case. So, yeah. And um, Joe, one thing we got, you know, you got to, you know, on the other side of the coin, I mean, any team that loses three or four starters out of their rotation, you know, they're, they're going to be in trouble, you know, and that, that kind of perhaps doomed this season, uh, to, be, you know, when, it, when, they, when, when they lost Bieber and Miss Kenzie and, and uh, Quantrill and, and Plesak just couldn't, you know, went off the rails. Yeah, uh, definitely, uh, you know, sort of the, we're writing as we're writing the story of this season, it'll be be the, those will be the points that we look back on for sure. Uh, all right, Hoinsey, they they open a, a four game series against the uh, Blue Jays to to start uh, Monday night. Um, we'll uh, we'll follow the the opener here with Gavin Williams on the mound and and report back and and look forward to the the remainder of the homestand uh, tomorrow here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Uh, we'll check in with you then. All right, Joe.